Hey, greetings. Hello everyone online. Welcome Summer Weekend Warriors. We're glad to have you. Let us know where you're watching from. Hey, we have another great Sunday service planned for you today. Hear us roar. It will not disappoint. Hey, did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's beautiful. It is. And we encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.30 and 11 a.m. on Sundays. We would love to meet you. We also want to say thank you for your obedience to God's word in the form of giving back to God through the giving of your time, which if you don't know is 10% of your income as worship to the Lord. So if you're looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321.
believe that God's taking care of you this morning.
today. He's by your side every step of the way.
in your name. It's all across this room. Will you just raise your hands to heaven as a, as a symbol and sign of surrender? And just with me, would you just say, Jesus, have my all. across this room, would you begin to thank God and say, God, you are good. No matter the situation, no matter if we're on top of the mountain or the valley low, Jesus, we lift your name high. Jesus, your king. Jesus, your friend. Jesus, your savior. Jesus, you are our director. You are our guide. You are our Lord. You are our Savior. And today, you, we put you at the center of everything we do. May the loudest voice in this room be you, Jesus. May the loudest voice in this room be you, Jesus. May your Holy Spirit speak so loudly today. God, I just pray for healing today. I pray for miracles. I I pray for breakthrough. God, I pray for uh, uh, the ability to push through obstacles. I also pray that you would just remind us that you are good. You are good. In Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, would you shout amen here? Is God good? years ago, my, my wife and I and our kids and a couple friends went down to Arizona in about January for a vacation. Can I hear an amen? We needed in Minnesota. And uh, this one particular trip, uh, we went and rented a few mountain bikes, my friend and I, and we went to McDowell Park where there's some excellent single track mountain bike cor- uh, uh, courses there. And uh, we jumped on the bike, we were super excited and we were pedaling fast and all of a sudden we were stopped in our tracks because right on the middle of the course was a rattlesnake. You've been there ever before? Uh, probably not in Minnesota, but it is not the, 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 the most exciting thing that you want to come across. And, and I, I, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I do not like snakes. Can I hear an Amen. I think most part, we don't like it. I can tell you, though, that I, although I may not like it, my alter ego who wears a mustache, Randy enjoys snakes thoroughly. So uh, mainly just to uh, grab them and run after my wife. So uh, that, yes, that is a form of flirting. So form of flirting. Uh, but ultimately, I want to tell you today, I mean, I, honestly, I uh, avoid snakes at, at all costs. Anybody agree with that today? I mean, if, I, if there's a snake, I, you know, I've done this where I'm like mowing the lawn and all of a sudden just in your peripheral, you see kind of a, something over to the side and, and I'm telling you, man, I, I don't run towards it. That's where I'm at. I, and I may even run uh, the other way. 
Uh, and in the story that I want to read today that, that connects with uh, the Hear Us Roar series and the story that we're hearing today is found in Numbers chapter 21. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Numbers chapter 21 or open it up on your app. In verse 4 is where we're going to begin. But just to let you know, and you probably already know this, but if, if uh, you're not a part of, uh, haven't been a part of a church uh, you don't much know much about the Bible, which is totally understandable, because yeah, the Bible is a big book, uh, is the Israelites have found, God's people are found in the wizard, uh, wizard the wilderness, <laughs> that's the desert slash uh, wilderness uh, reference, uh, and, and really what they've come from is they've come from Egypt, which we know is not a great place, and they've been rescued, and now they're in the desert or they're in the wilderness, uh, and they're looking forward to a promised future. And every time I think about the Israelites in, in the wilderness, I think of about a map, whatever map I want to put in my mind, and that one little dot that goes, you are here. And it seemed like they were in the desert and they were there a long time. And there's a lot of stories that come from that. And I think there's something in this story that can truly, truly encourage us no matter where we are today or maybe where we might be tomorrow. Numbers 21 verse 4 says this, they traveled from Mount Hor along the route of the Red Sea to the Red Sea to go around Edom. Okay, so what you need to hear about this is they were going in a place that they didn't really want to go. Maybe they had a perspective. They, they thought they should go a certain way. And, and what happens is the people grew impatient on the way and they began to sp speak against God and began to speak again against Moses. And they said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. Now, let me remind you, they were slaves in Egypt. They were oppressed and things were not going well then, but now they're in the wilderness and they're complaining. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and all we have to do is eat this miserable food that you provide for us every day without doing anything. That's where they're at. I mean, let's just pause here. A lot of times when we open up scripture, we try to get ourselves out of the story. Let's put ourselves back into it. Do you relate to the Israelites in the midst of your life right now? Let me just say it so you understand it. A lot of us are stuck between the good old days and the hopeful good old days to come in the future. Y'all get what I'm saying there? It is so easy to go, oh, it was so nice when we were here and it will be nice when we get there. This is exactly where, the, where they're at. Now, what's crazy is it, the scripture takes a really strange corner here. And in verse six, it says this, in the midst of their complaint, in the midst of them not being happy with where they're at, the Lord sent them venomous snakes among them and they bit the people and many of the Israelites died. Now, Obviously, this is not a good scenario, and, and I, I don't want to go to the theological side of, of trying to explain to you why this was happening. And in fact, sometimes in scenarios like this, we may never really know why this happened, but, but for some reason, this is happening. And, and, and what you need to know is a bad situation, maybe not a not so great situation of being in the wilderness, and it's hot, right, and you're thirsty, and things aren't going your way, all of a sudden, became, it becomes worse, it's kind of like this, and this is sarcastic for those that can't read my sarcasm. It's like, you know, you get home and you're really hungry and you look through the cupboards, you can't find anything. And then eventually you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and have cereal today. And then you pour the cereal and then you go in the refrigerator and there's no milk. <laughs> That's what's going on right now in the desert. 
Uh, and again, for those that didn't get it, that's a joke. That's not really how it is. It's way worse than that, okay? Way, way worse, okay? So the situation has gotten worse. Okay, verse 7, the people came to Moses. They're dying, right? And they're being bitten by snakes. And they said, we have sinned. They have repented. They're like God. We see our error. When we spoke against the Lord and when we, spent, we, we spoke against you, Moses, now please, 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 and I need you to hear this. Pray to the Lord to take away the snakes from us. Moses, will you go to God and would you pray away these snakes? Will you ask him to take away these snakes? So Moses prayed for the people. But then the Lord said this to Moses. Now, let me just pause here. We don't see God take away the snakes. I need you to see this. But instead, God says this, make a snake and put it on a pole and anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake, put it on a pole, and then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. How often do we live within our life and our situations? And our prayer is this, get these snakes out of here. And I want to remind us today in the midst of this hear us roar, hear me roar series is a lot of times uh, we would like for God to take things out of our life, but maybe God has systematically placed them in your life in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of your desert moment for a purpose. I feel like we can learn a few things in this, in this story. And, and number one, it's this, there's a biblical cycle. There is a life cycle or a spiritual cycle, and it looks something like this. Blessing, oppression, rescue, wilderness, and blessing. You're somewhere there. I want you to hear that. I want to hear it again. Blessing. Now, now let me just tell you the story. The story of the Israelites. They went to Egypt under their own will and their own desire. In fact, it was a place of rescue. And they found blessing there. They were able to survive. They actually were able to make home there. People were in leadership there. And then something turned and they became, became oppressed. 400 years. They became slaves to the, the Egyptians. And so do you see that blessing, oppression? And then God steps in and they rescue them. And when God rescues you, guess where you go? You don't go right to the blessing. You go to the desert or the wilderness. Someone agrees with me over here this morning. Amen. I wish you all would just say amen as much as she does or he does. But the point being here is there is a progression or there is some kind of a flow in a cycle. Now, the desert and the wilderness is a place of hunger. It's a place of discomfort. It, it can be a place of thirst. The wilderness and the desert are, are for sure a place of obstacles. And it's also a place that many of us become humble. And if we understand anything about the wilderness, we understand some of those tough times in our life. We need to, we need to view it in this way. The wilderness, are, the wilderness or the desert moments are a place of learning and refining. Please write that down. Please remember that in the midst of, of, of the storm, in the midst of your obstacles, in the midst of your troubled time. As the wilderness was created to be a place of learning and refining. 
And it's also a place where most of us will live most the time. We would love this idea of, of living within the blessing, but if we're not being oppressed, and, oppressed and, and really things are not going well, if we're not in the midst of rescue, the, the, the vast majority of our life might be in that wilderness. And, and, and what I want to tell you, uh, uh, and I want you to get out of this, this uh, one point of this understanding of this biblical cycle is this, is the wilderness is a place where we need to learn contentment and lay down the art of complaining. So often when things aren't going my way, it's so easy to just jump into complaining. Many of us, we've lived this over the last few years. If it's not a pandemic or a political season, it is inflation. And we're like, God, why, why? Just get out, get us out of here. It just doesn't ever really seem to get better. But I just wonder, maybe the Lord is trying to breathe and, and maybe somehow or another put within us the spirit of contentment and that we might learn something, that we might be refined by him. In a parallel scripture to the story in Deuteronomy verse eight, it says something like this, and I find it absolutely fascinating. It says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Disclaimer. It's good to have good things. And God wants to give you good things. I mean, that is evident in here. But, but there is a reminder here in, this, in verse 11. It says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commandments, his laws, and his decrees that I've given you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied within that good land, when you build fine houses and you settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all that you have has been multiplied when you get that Escalade and you get that Tesla, guess what? Please remember that the Lord is with you and you're supposed to stay focused on him. In verse 14, it says, when you get all those things, your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, who led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness that thirsty, uh, thirsty and waterless land with its venomous, venomous snakes and scorpions. And he brought you water out of the hard, hard rock. And he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something that your ancestors had never known before. And why did he do this? He sent you to the wilderness again to humble and test you so then it might end up going well with you. I need you to see this. When we get to this place of blessing, if we don't keep Christ front and center, so often we will go right back into the oppression we found ourselves before the rescue. And when we're in the wilderness, just understand that that is a place where the, God, the Lord wants to begin to refine you and he ultimately wants to lead you into a place of blessing. Let me ask you a question. What if your wilderness is your blessing? What if your perspective is just a little bit off? Second point in the story that I want us to 
ruminate with and just ponder in life and in the desert, in the wilderness, in the midst of obstacles or in the midst of our life, there will always be snakes. We would like to believe that when we give our life to Christ, I mean, it's just like everything is looking up and everything is moving forward. But, but the truth is we can find it in this story is there even in the midst of some of our good times and our, our bad times, there will always be an obstacle. There will be a snake in the way. The, the prayer isn't, get, isn't supposed to be get rid of this snake. I believe the prayer is supposed to be a perspective thing is why are these snakes here in the first place? let me give you some illustrations about how how like we live our life and things are going well it's like we get out of debt and we're really excited because we went through the Dave Ramsey uh, class and we're feeling really good about ourselves and all of a sudden there's a storm and we get hail damage on our car and our house right and all we can think about is our deductible Okay, those things happen in life. How about this? Some of us, we, get, we just get this clean bill of health or we've been really healthy for a time and then all of a sudden we receive this diagnosis. How about this one? We look forward to that future vacation. We get on the plane or get into our car. We get to that destination and what we forget, and we're so excited to be there, but we forget that drama packed their bags with you. I mean, we've been there, right? How about this? Middle school. Can I hear a man for the desert and the wilderness? <clears throat> I would just like to suggest to, do, to you as we just realize that there are snakes all around us at all times is what if the snake in your life, what if the obstacle in your life is an instrument of perspective? What if... That is the reason it's there. Jordan Peterson says this about snakes. There is no getting rid of snakes. You just have to learn how to contend with them. See, I believe we can be surrounded by deadly things at all times, but also be reminded that the Lord has his staff and he has his rod firmly placed in the ground so that we may, may not move and we may not die in the midst of our obstacles. David, in the midst of an up and down roller coaster type of life where things were going really well for a time and then they would go really bad and then they would go well and then they would go really bad. He writes this in Psalms, Psalm 23. It says, even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table in the midst of our obstacle, in the midst of our wilderness, in the midst of our snakes, and you anoint my head with oil that my cup may overflow. Snakes are there. Troubled times will arise. And, and what I want to remind us today is that I believe that God will help us overcome. And I would hope that when we see a snake, we see them as an, a, a time and a moment to shift the focus off of our trouble and our obstacle in the midst of uh, those trying times and, and, and that those would be a reminder to shift our focus on Jesus. 
I believe when you see snakes in your life, you should be reminded that this is an opportunity and a symbol for transformation. Snakes shed their skin and they symbolize that they go through a rebirth. And I believe that's what God wants to do in the midst of our wilderness experience. And in John 3, 14, just before uh, the infamous 3.16, it says this, just as Moses lift up, lifted up the snake in the wilderness, wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up. I mean, think about that. It was a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do on the cross, that this snake in the midst of their obstacle, in the midst of death, in the midst of tragedy, uh, they said, guess what? Look and put your eyes to what is being hung on this cross. And that is Jesus, the son of man being lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him, not tomorrow, but today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. God isn't here to condemn you. God isn't here to make your life bad. He's here to enter into those bad moments and into those obstacles, into the middle of those wilderness times and to step in and to save you, to rescue you and to bring you a brand new perspective and a focus that you did not have before. I believe this is if you can find Christ within your pain, you will be able to find Christ anywhere. And the story that we're about to, to hear, this couple can find Christ like few of us can because of the trials, because of, uh, of the obstacle, because of the wilderness that they have gone through. But I want to tell you this, in our wilderness moments, I, I, I truly believe this. Goodness is, defined by, or goodness is defined by your understanding of evil. I believe goodness it, it can be understood by what we go through. And to suffer greatly is to learn how to love greatly. And this couple and their story shows us exactly that. My name is Carolina. My name is Marcos Pinto. And the important thing... We're from Rio de yeah. Janeiro, Brazil, the wonderful city. We met at a, a party and uh, yeah, so we were there and then I saw her and then we, we got in touch and then we started to date and she was having all these issues which only worsened throughout you know, the, the years. Everything started in my childhood. I have severe asthma since I was a kid. I got hospitalized because of that, many pneumonias and things like that. She has polyps in her nose and she have recurrent sinusitis, terrible ones that also go to her lungs and cause her pneumonia, needing antibiotics and hospitalization because of generalized infection. So I think Carolina has probably had, at the time I've been with her, maybe more than 10 times she had generalized infection, like sepsis was the medical term. 
several times had shock together, which is the low blood pressure, needing to go to the ICU, needing medication to keep her blood pressure high. So Acute kidney failure. Acute kidney failure. She had needed several surgeries for her nose and her sinus issues that complicated with arterial bleeding, like the squishing blood outside of, of her nose and very like yeah very very uh, received blood even blood transfusion because of that it happened several times because of the high dose she was on the medication called corticosteroids she had unfortunately a a complication of uh, avascular necrosis, which is just a bone infarction because of the of the medication that she required to be on a wheelchair for one to for almost two years. She needed surgery in her knees. Inside of the ICU, I started to talk about God and learn more about God. I started to talk about faith in the social media and my social media started to getting big because I talk about happiness in difficult time. I was totally different, I was totally messy, but I felt the most peaceful time like in my heart because God was with me every day. Para gente, ter fé não consiste em ver, não consiste em sentimento, em sentidos, na verdade, né? Você não precisa ver para saber que aquilo vai acontecer, porque é convicção, é certeza, ainda que seus olhos não enxerguem. A gente já tem pressupostos básicos de certeza, de convicção e de que é algo que não está atrelado a um sentido, que é o sentido da visão. Outro versículo. Carolina didn't want to marry me. I told him, I don't think you should commit yourself and marry me because like my life is so uncertain right now. I decided that he should go like away because I would be a problem in his life. After seeing you know, everything I was doing for her and, and we were together and I love her so much, so then we, we finally got married. I convinced her. She planted some good seeds you know, inside me and she, she showed me God and my journey with God kind of restarted you know, with, with her and our love bonded us and I think God also, His hand, you know, blessed us. So I remember one day uh, that I was, so she was in one of these hospitalizations and nobody knew what's going on with her. And then I was just praying and, and, and I was kneeling at her bedside and praying and asking God, please, you need to show us the way because the doctors can't find it. The next day, God showed the way and they found what the type bacteria. of bacteria was running her blood and they could give her you know, direct therapy for that. It was such you know, a blessing and, and, and a response from God saying, hey, I'm here taking care of you. So you guys, of course, I'm supporting you. Uh, it would be difficult, but I'm here and you, know, and you should be in peace because everything's going to be okay. Live uh, day by day. You don't have the control of your life. Be patient because sometimes it is not in your time and probably your time is not God's time most of the time. And this is a really difficult lesson. I think I'm still uh, learning it. God still 
wants to heal his people all the time. Faith is fundamental for you to keep going and you need to have faith that, you know, every, that God is alive, that God is supporting you and, and, and God is with you and always his plans are, are the best, is way, way better than what you think. There's so many reasons within our mind why our story isn't worth sharing. There's so many reasons why, why you know, they come into our mind that, that it shows us the obstacles and, and the issues and why we shouldn't share. And thank you so much for overcoming that. Thank you for making it a priority to come up here and, and just prophetically as I was praying about it and thinking about your story, thank you so much for, for, for modeling before us how to be brave. And it's clear that you are warriors and you're overcomers. And, and you know what? The story isn't over. It's just being written. And, and I just want to pause just one last time and just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for modeling how, how we should navigate through our wilderness. Can we honor them one, one more time? One thing that I love about Marcus and Katarina is how just seeing your story unfold and the per you each having individual purpose in it. And I think so often I look around this room and I know for a fact some of you are in the wilderness right now. And it's a hard season and we don't know how long we're going to be in it. And it's the ups and the downs. But when I look at you, Katarina, and I'm sure the questions rolled through your mind of why am I here? What is the purpose in this? Who am I here for? But seeing you share your message, seeing you like go on social media, but, and then yes, like that platform of in, encouraging people to follow Jesus and that you don't know what is your next step or what your life's gonna look like, but there's purpose in that. But what I see is the, who am I here for is you even leading Marcus in faith, you know, to Jesus. And then Marcus fighting for you and you're saying, y'all, I'm not getting married to you. You like go like you you gave him the exit and Mark is fighting going no you are why I'm here. And I just think that life is so much not necessarily easier but comforting when we are in the wilderness together. And that's what I love about you sharing this cuz I don't I think the enemy wants to lie to us on a daily basis and isolate us or say they won't understand or this is too hard or what if I sound crazy? But I just am so encouraged that you have let people into your wilderness. And I mean, a lot of this story was 10, 12 years ago, right? So what can you speak to on if people are in this room right now and they are in the wilderness, is there anything that you could share to encourage them or what you've learned through that? Yeah, I can talk, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, to have patience and, uh, and, and continue to believe. So, never, so don't quit. Don't quit because God, the God plans are the best for you. And uh, even if you're going to the wilderness, so God is with you. And, uh, and just have faith, you know, patience. And we are living now what we believed when we were there like uh, 10 years ago. So now we have one kid and we are here in you know, Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, which we never, we never thought we would. So we are from Rio, very south and very different from here. 
And uh, yeah, so, and then I think also going uh, with the, so then people might ask, so how are you guys here? Then other people ask, oh my gosh, you're from Rio, what are you doing here? So we, yeah, we are both doctors and we, uh, when she was going through this valley, getting the ICU like every other month, and then I had this uh, wonderful opportunity of, uh, you know, we came from Haven, say, hey, for training at the Mayo Clinic. And I said, gosh, like, it's, wow, thank you, God. And, but how are we going to go? But then praying, and then we found peace in it. And it, it, just, it just comes from God. Otherwise, you know, it's, uh, it would be impossible. And people would ask us, how are you guys going to, to Rochester, Minnesota? So even in Brazil, they know the American health system is kind of a mess. So she goes to the hospital like every, you know, every other month. And then they say, hey, God, God has a plan for us there and God will take care of us. And we just came and, and, and through this opportunity that I got from my extra training, uh, also Katarina Mayo got the correct diagnosis and the correct therapy and, you know, and her miracle. So God, through this opportunity and through myself, also so healed her and, uh, and we are here. So it's amazing. That's awesome. Um, uh really nice thing is I didn't know they would pick like the video that I made about faith from my social media. In that time I was really sick. I couldn't think about to be pregnant that time. People was really concerning about because I always had this dream after I married Marcus and I kind of like was with no chance to be pregnant that time because I was really really sick. I couldn't walk. I was using like a bound by wheelchair and but I made this video and this video is about faith, is about how we have to believe in something that the circumstances are not possible. And I had faith. I still have a lot of faith. Gave God gave me my first child and I'm really uh, I'm really happy to announce that I'm pregnant again. God made it again. And this is really tough to think, like, uh, my, for sure, my life changed a lot, especially when I'm pregnant. But God made it one time, and I know He will make it again. That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? So they have a daughter, Malou, and how old is she? Three, three and a half years old that they had here in Rochester and now we can be praying for your baby, for your health and God can be all odds and I just see so much purpose in your faith and so thank you for sharing with us. Absolutely. Marcus and Katarina, will you just pray for us? There are people here that, that need a miracle. There are people who are in the midst of their wilderness and we just pray that the Lord would show up in our lives today. God, we praise you for this day. We, we thank you for uh, showing us uh, this powerful message Pastor Andy gave to us. We praise you for allowing our story to impact people's lives. Father, we, we pray that people who are dealing with something we have dealt before or even worse, we pray you to give them the extra strength, to give them the extra patience because uh, God, we know uh, you're going to heal them. 
we know you are the same God from the past, the God that heals. We believe, God, and we pray for supernatural healing. But we also, Father, we believe that you also use the doctor's hands during a surgery. You use the doctors to give you the right medicine. And, Father, we believe in you for uh, healing your people. And we know that we are always taking care of them. In the name of Jesus, Father, amen. I will pray in Portuguese, but God is the same, and this is the purpose. So, Deus, eu te ouvo, te agradeço, Senhor, por tudo que tens feito, Senhor, na nossa vida e através da nossa vida. E agora eu oro, Senhor, pela autoridade do Teu nome, que o Senhor esteja curando, que o Senhor esteja sarando o coração e a mente de todas as pessoas que estão ouvindo e precisando, Senhor, dessa força, dessa, desse poder, Senhor, que vem de Ti. Senhor, eu oro para que essas pessoas avancem, avancem em Ti, avancem no Teu nome. Eu oro no nome de Jesus, crendo e tendo a convicção de que todas as coisas são possíveis em Teu nome. Amém. Amém. Can we hear it one more time? Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Oh, will you stand up? Can we just, uh, I want to take a moment. We, we, we provide a space and a time here at Echo at the end of the service just to attune our ears to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, and for him to, to make space and for his voice to be the loudest in our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this space. No matter our situation, no matter if we're in our wilderness or we're just living in blessing, I just ask that you would show up here. God, I pray that, that a day like today would be a day that would build our faith, that build our trust, that, that we would have the audacity to ask you for big things. At the same time, God, I just ask that you would just help us live within contentment and the right perspective as you do your work as you choose to do within our life. In Jesus' name, amen. In the dawn I will rise, call on your name. Stepping on to the altar, of my heart you're refining with your
for those of us in the middle of that wilderness remind us that we're not alone open our eyes through this story through the people in our lives that we are not the only people going through this remind us that you are good on our best days and you are good in our worst days in Jesus name amen I thought Pastor Christy had a really wise comment today, which was that you did it together, that the wilderness was better because you did it together. And I think so often it's like easier to just feel like you're the only one. And I just want to encourage everybody in the room right now, whether you're in the middle of it right now or you're going to be in the middle of it, I mean, to be honest, it's coming at some point. Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. We at Echo just firmly believe that we are meant to do life together. And all of us are in this together. Now at Echo, every week we say a prayer together. And this prayer is just an opportunity for us to take one more step towards Jesus. Maybe the first, maybe it's the thousandth. But let's say this prayer together as we just take this next step. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers. But I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again. All with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me. In Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate somebody who said that for the first time today. Or maybe the first time in a long time. Come on. Yeah.
we also like to celebrate another group of people, and I want to speak to this group specifically. If you've never filled this out, maybe you're here for the first time today, or maybe this is like your 10th time, but you've been kind of stubborn. I'm just saying, you want to fill out this card and go hang out with my friends at the welcome table back there, the info table, and let's celebrate those that maybe came for the first time today. Come on, we know what it's like going for the first time. And the last thing I wanted to say today was, Thank you so much for those of you that have brought gifts for us to give to mental health professionals, for us as an opportunity to support them. Thank you for being a generous church. Thank you for being so stinking amazing. Echo Church, we love you. Can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week, everybody.